Welcome to this episode, this solo show low as it is. Um, like I mentioned earlier, unless I cut that part out, um, I'm going to be talking about the five things I wish I knew in my fr- first five years of business. Um, and I will be able to talk. I'm not going to stumble over my words all the time. Maybe I will. Uh, but yeah, the first five years of business, I feel like I did not really learn much. I, I really didn't. Uh, there was, there's a lot of stuff that I just kind of kept doing cause it was kind of working and really did not grow, um, my business at all. It, it was just kind of, kind of plateaued where it was just, I I was shooting about 15 to 20 weddings. And then like one year I'd have 15, the next year I'd have like 21 and then I'd have 17 and then I'd have, I don't know, 20 something again. Um, but like I really had no marketing plan. I really had no style. I was all over the place with styles too. Um, But these are five things that I wish I would have known. I wish I would have learned in those first formative years of the business. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. I think the statistic is that most 80% or something, I know I'm making up statistics. I'm just going to say most, most small businesses, especially photography businesses collapse in the first five years, most in the first three years. If you do not uh, do well in the first three years, um, it is very easy after year three to just be like, I'm not I'm not succeeding here. I am just going to close up shop. Um, so I'm really surprised that I, I actually made it past that because I wasn't doing anything to move forward. I'm just holding this tiny little mug waiting for a drink, uh, but I won't stop talking because it's awkward whenever I stop talking and there's no one else to fill that silence. See? Um... Well, let's go ahead and get into number one. Number one. Um, do you remember back in the day? I don't know. It may still be there. I don't have cable. But um, the Animal Planet had like the top, I don't know, top 10. Maybe not top. I, I guess it was called top. I think it was. I think the show was called Animal Planet's Top 10. That may not be it. Um, but they would just like count down like the the most venomous jungle creatures and it would and uh or like the 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 fastest land animals and those kinds of things and they would start the episode at number 10 and then they would talk about the thing and show videos and stuff and then number nine and that's what i'm thinking of right now is just number one and then we start this um 
except we're counting up. So number one, this is uh, one of the things that, like I said earlier, this may be a long episode because it's just me by myself in a room. There's no one watching live right now because it is 10 p.m. Uh, people have better things to do, like sleep and stuff. But um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, the, well, the, the, the first thing I'm going to talk about is I wish that I knew that I was not my ideal client. Um, I used to be for sure. Whenever I first started off, um, I was super cheap. I was doing family, uh, family sessions for 50 bucks an hour. You give me for an hour, I'll give you all the digitals for 50 bucks. And, uh, and that was my, that would have been me like looking for a photographer. I would have wanted someone who I would pay 50 bucks I get all the photos. That's cool. So I I did start off as my ideal client and, you know, wedding wise, I was charging. Oh, I think once I actually decided to start doing this after maybe three or four weddings and I was like, okay, I'm going to actually start a business. Um, I think I started off at doing um, eight hour weddings for $500. And that was my, I was my ideal client because that would have been in my price range. If I was hiring someone, I'd be like, yeah, 500 bucks for eight hours. That's a good, good deal. Sure. Give me all the digitals. That's what I want. I want a CD of all those photos, um, which is what I used to give people back in 2013. But um, I used to be my ideal client. But then my style started to evolve and I, I wanted to be um, like I wanted to change and create a, uh, a more high-end experience for my clients. I wanted to create a more hands-on experience for my clients instead of just showing up on the wedding day and just being like, I don't know, what am I going to do? I'm going to take photos of this thing going on and then I'm going to take photos of over here and then I forgot to take a picture of the bride and her dad and they got really angry and demanded a refund. So don't do that. Learn from that. Um, but I wanted to create a, a more high-end experience for my clients where um, I was putting more thought, attention, time, effort into working with them, creating a great experience for them. And I wanted to create more of that, that better experience and doing that. I did not raise my prices all that much. Um, I also wanted, you know, after a few steps, I wanted to be, um, create a more luxury experience instead of, um, the kind of run of the mill, everyone's photographer. I wanted to create a more luxury experience, something that they would just feel is easy and, um, like kind of, uh, not really fancy. I'm not a fancy person, but, uh, that they would just really enjoy and that it would be a little bit different. Um, but I didn't, didn't really change my prices. I didn't really change much of what I was doing because I was still, um, when I was thinking of the person that I'm advertising to thinking of the person that I am marketing to, that I am speaking to on my website, speaking to through social media and all of those things, I was speaking to myself. 
And I was like, all right, John, what would you want from a wedding photographer that you're following? I'm like, I ruined really awesome photos and I want you to be within my budget. And I want like all these things. Um, but I was not thinking of who my ideal client was and what they would be wanting out of my website, what they would be wanting out of uh, what kind of experience they would be wanting, all the things that they would be looking for um, that would show them that I am a good match. Uh, so it took me a really long time to realize that I am not my ideal client, that I, I kind of evolved into serving someone who was not me. Um, and that held me at undervaluing my services, undervaluing myself, and um, just uh, not feeling like I was worth charging more than $2,000. I remember that day that I, I, my, the largest package that I had was over $2,000. And I was like, there is no way, no way anyone's going to pay me more than $2,000 to shoot their wedding. And then someone did. And then more people did. And I was providing an experience that was worth more to them than the $2,000 that they were, they were giving me. Um, and now I don't do any weddings for $2,000. Um, and you know, it's gone, it's gone up and up and I have been able to, see the value that I am providing for other people and charge appropriately. And they are able to see the value, um, that I provide and they agree that I am charging appropriately. Um, or at least I assume that they do whenever they write checks, no one writes checks anymore. What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, that's number, number one. That's the first one is that, uh, I wish that I knew that I was not my ideal client. Um, cause it took me a really long time, probably let's see, started in 2013. So, um, yeah, it was probably like year six that I finally realized I am not my ideal client. Hey y'all, quick break to talk to you about one of the tools that has completely changed my business for the better, and that is my CRM, Tave. Tave is the most customizable studio management system for photographers. They have everything under one roof, um, from embedded contact forms that auto-generate into new leads, to income reports, lead source reports, profit and loss statements, very detailed revenue breakdowns, Anything that you want to keep up with your numbers, they've got reports for it. They have built-in contract templates, questionnaires for your clients, easy invoicing and quotes. It is so much. Um, they also, like my favorite part, they have these auto-populated tokens. So in emails, you can put client's first name or ceremony address or even specifics down to like maid of honors, Instagram handle, and it'll auto-populate it so you don't have to figure out which spelling of Caitlin is correct for this bride. So go to lightdarkco.com slash Tave, and that's T-A-V-E, to double your 
30-day trial to make it a 60-day trial. And you'd think maybe Tave is like 60 bucks a month or something from all those customizations. No, you can pay as little as 22 bucks a month, which is a lot less than a lot of other CRMs that I've used in the past that didn't do half of this stuff. So again, lightdarkco.com slash Tave, T-A-V-E. Check out Tave and let the power of customization grow your business. Number two. Thank you, Animal Planet guy that I hired off Fiverr to do these voiceovers. Um, serve and don't sell. Um, that's that's something. Another thing that I wish that I would have learned in my first five years was that I needed to serve my clients, my potential clients, my leads. I needed to serve them and not sell to them. I also needed to. Uh, serve and not sell to my clients who had hired me. I don't need to upsell them and I don't need to be like, Hey, well, you know, you paid me for your wedding day. You should really get this album. It's an amazing album. I'll throw it. Uh, you know, it's usually this, I'll drop it down to this for you. It's a great deal. You should just add this on. And instead of selling, uh, which felt sleazy and it felt like, Hey, I got you, you've, you've signed a contract at the time, probably a paper contract that I mailed them. They signed and then mailed back in a pre stamped envelope. Cause that's how I was rolling in 2015 in 2016 before I had a CRM. Um, so for all the children out there, get a CRM. Um, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. That is another, that's one of my, that's one of my five. That's one of my five. Um, I think that's number five. It's number five. Um, so sneak peek of, uh, the rest of the numbers, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I wish that I had known how to serve and not how to sell. Um, because it it felt kind of sleazy being like, hey, I've already got you for your wedding day. Let me upsell you. You should probably get a couple more hours. Maybe you should get um, you know, a bridal session too. Those are very popular here in the South. And get this album and get your parents an album. Get, get everyone's parents an album. And uh and just like adding on to what they already had promised to pay, it felt sleazy because of the mindset that I had. My mindset was that I was, uh, that I was selling, that I was trying to get their money, that I was trying to get more money and that it was like greedy or something. And, um, and that was not the case. I mean, it, it, it really wasn't the case. I wanted them to have these beautiful albums. They were not that beautiful at the time because I was making some cheap albums. But I mean, they were still they were fine. They were fine um, unless you left them in the heat or if you spilt water on them or if you had it for more than like two to three years. But other than that, they looked fine. Um, but once I found out. Um, also 
this whole serve don't sell thing uh is what i was looking up earlier i did a whole episode on just this thing um called selling without feeling selling without being salesy um is episode 47 way on back in the day good nearly i don't know 60 episodes ago um but uh yeah, that's a good one if you want to do a deep dive into how to sell without feeling salesy. Um, but a big thing was talking about their journey um, instead of me. A lot of the conversations I was having, uh, you know, discovery calls, uh, face-to-face meetings, um, a lot of the copy on my website was centered at me, what I can do. Here are the things that I am amazing at and why you need to hire me. And that was selling. That's a lot of selling. That's me, me, me. Hey, look at me. You should pay me because look at what I do. Um, Instead of addressing some pain points that they may have, and talk about how they can overcome those pain points and how I can walk with them through that and help them overcome those pain points. And that is a whole Donald Miller hero's journey deal. Um, if you have not read the book, I'm blanking on the title right now, but it's Donald Miller. Um, do a quick, quick little Google search here. Um, because that's what we do instead of using our memory these days. Um, wow. I just typed Google into my Google search bar. It's one of those nights guys. It's one of those nights, Donald Miller story brand. I already know it's called story brand author of building a story brand. It was a a long tangent to get there. I'm glad we went on that together. Um, building a story brand, Donald Miller, hero's journey, all of those things. It's in there. Uh, that was probably uh, also 2018, maybe 2017 that I read that book. Um, no, probably 2019 that I read that book. And, um, <clears throat> and that changed a lot to where, I was no longer talking about me, what I can do for them, but more of this is what it would look like for you working with us, working with me. And when I was talking to them about, um, about hiring me, what they were looking for in a professional photographer, all those things, I allowed them to say why they were looking at me, why they were meeting with me, what they loved about the photos, what they were looking forward to with the experience instead of me saying, hey, we capture emotions well. Hey, we're intuitive about things that are going on, not just with you, the couple, but also with other people. And they were pulling that out of the photos and the copy on my website because it kind of pointed toward that. Um, to where they were actually saying those things, but yeah, that's number two that I, I wish that I had learned how to, um, how to serve my clients 
better earlier in the first five years instead of trying to sell to them all the time. Number three, outsourcing. I wish that I would have learned about outsourcing or at least felt comfortable outsourcing in my first five years. I did not like it. Totally against it. I was the guy saying, don't do that. They're not as good as you. You can edit those photos much better than anyone else can edit those photos. Um, And it wasn't until I talked to uh, one of my mentors um, and he was talking about like scaling uh, my business and everything. And was like, okay, so how many weddings are you doing? How much time are you spending editing? You know, do you send that out to someone? I said, no. And he was like, why not? And we got into all that because he's like, if you can do 25 weddings in a year with you editing everything, send that out to someone else. And now you can do 50 weddings, um, which I could if I wanted to. I don't. That's a lot of work. Um, but it it helped me realize that the people who work for these editing companies or freelance editors, that's what they enjoy doing. That's what they like doing. They are good at it. A lot of us photographers, we do not like it. We love being out there photographing people. Um, We do not like sitting at the computer and editing, color correcting, figuring out white balances and all of those things and cropping and all that. We don't enjoy that as much. I still enjoy it a little bit, especially whenever I'm doing like artsy editing stuff. That's fun. But just going through the same thing and color correcting and all the all that stuff. It was tedious. It was something that I was not making any more money off of that because people are paying me to photograph the events, photograph these sessions. Um, They're not really paying me to edit the photos. I know that's part of the payment, but really I can be making more money by photographing another event while I would be be spending that time editing otherwise. Um, So really realizing that these editors are far better, uh, not only can edit as good as me, but can also edit better than me. Um, And I, I use, I use freedom edits for my editor. Um, I've been with them for a couple years now and, um, And I really loved the process of sending out the first gallery because there was a lot of back and forth of, okay, this, these are the reference images that you edited. Here's what we've done for these. What do you think about that? And then I was able to give them feedback of, okay, this is a little bit warm for my taste. Um, so can we pull that back a little bit, a little bit too contrasty? So we need to, we need to fix that a little bit. And then they really tuned it in to where I send out a gallery. I hardly have to do any tweaking whenever it gets back and I can just go through, send it out to the couple. Um, but yeah, other ways, other places you can outsource other than editing photos (coughs) is, um, Uh, You can 
I mean, I, I outsource my album design uh, now. So I have uh, my my wife. She is on the team and she goes through. She picks the photos that she thinks best represent the day. Puts them together in an album design, creates a slideshow, sends it off to the couple. They approve it or make changes, whatever. I'm not doing any of this stuff. This is all her now. And uh, that's another way of outsourcing because that was taking up a lot of time editing all those um, putting together the designs, all of that. Um, Also welcome gifts and that kind of stuff Um, kind of outsourced that. I outsourced that for a little bit. Um, I think we're going back to creating our own just because I do like that personal touch of it being a little bit different for everyone instead of just here's the same box from this place and they're just going to send it off. Um, But if you have high volume of clients or if, uh, if you don't need to do all the, the personal type uh, touches on everything, I recommend outsourcing your gifts too. Um, But yeah, so that was number three. And now number four, I wish in my first five years of business, I would have, <clears throat> I would have learned to be humble and learn. Um, I just, I, I needed to realize that I didn't know everything. Um, and whenever I did realize that I didn't know everything, it changed everything. It, it changed uh, so much for the good because, um, I, I wanted to be self-taught for some reason. It just, it felt good to just be like, I didn't go to photography school. I've never, I took one photography class in college and that was mostly just teaching me how to develop film and, you know, a little bit about like composition rule of thirds golden spiral something. I don't even remember that now, but, um, but yeah, I, I prided myself on being self-taught and learning it all on my own. And whenever people were like, wow, this is a great photo. Um, be like, Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. I learned, I learned about this lighting all by myself. I taught myself. And, uh, they never really seemed too impressed, but I felt impressed. Um, but whenever I realized that there are other people who are, have been doing this for decades and have so much knowledge that they can share and that I can soak in and then like not have to go through the trial and error to figure out how to do these things, but really just learn from their trial and error and then do it correctly the first time. Um, that was a game changer. I also used to be afraid to ask questions uh, to anyone. And uh, I, cause I wanted to seem like I, I knew what I was talking about. I knew photography. I'm a good photographer. Um, but uh, don't be afraid to ask, ask dumb questions, quote unquote, dumb questions that uh, <laughs> fun story. For the first three years, 
of my business. Three full years photographing weddings, photographing couples, photographing families. My ISO was at 1600 all the time. Bright sunny day, 1600. Dark at night, candlelight, 1600. Probably appropriate for then. But um, yeah, the camera that I had at that time maxed out at 6,400. Like not, not that was the regular ISO and then it had like bonus ISO. That was the top. And if I wanted anything that didn't look grainy, I had to stay 400-ish, somewhere in there. I didn't know what ISO was. Um, I also did not know that I had put it to 1,600. But um, but I was looking at buying a new a new camera because I was tired of the grainy look that my photos had even during daylight. I didn't understand why, couldn't figure it out. Finally, I asked someone about ISO and what it does, and then they explained it to me. And I said, oh, that's probably, that's it. And then I changed that. And it was like I had a brand new camera. It was amazing. The images were the, that first photo shoot, dropping that down to a nice 100, 200 doing a golden hour shoot. I was like, this is amazing. These are so crisp. I look like a professional. Um, so don't be afraid to ask questions. And, and like, that's what I'm here for. I am here to answer questions. Any questions that you have. Um, if you think that you have a dumb question, like what is ISO? It's not a dumb question because I want you to know that. I don't want you to go three years maxing out your ISO and giving couples grainy photos when they could have been better. Um, so I wish that I would have known that in my first five years. And finally, the teaser from earlier that I mentioned by mistake. Um, number five is automations. I wish I would have known about automations in those first years. I answered every single email, typing, everything. Hello, person's name. I'm so happy that you've, I don't, I don't know why I'm just, I don't know if you can hear my fingers on the desk. Um, but like I, I would, I would type out every single email. Didn't even have like a template saved in my Gmail account. I was just typing every single email, all the things. Um, it was a mess. <laughs> so, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, CRM. Um, I highly recommend that you get a CRM if you're doing any more than like five photo shoots, five different people uh, that you are trying to organize, especially weddings, um, I would recommend getting a CRM because that is going to save one, so much time and two, so much headache of all of the keeping track of all the things. I, I just met up with a couple this morning and um, 
to to get their final balance because they wanted to pay in cash. And I was like, that's fine. I can use a coffee and I'll take the cash straight to the bank. Whatever. I don't care. It is money and I will take it. And um and I showed up and I had sent them an invoice, email, all the things a few days ago. And then they were like, how much was it again? I don't remember how much it was. And I was able to just pull up my my CRM on my phone and it showed what their balance was. I showed them and then they counted out the bills. And um it was, it was super easy to have that. Um but my invoicing before, like I would do all the invoices on my own. I would, like I mentioned earlier, mail contracts to my couples. Um, so some automations that I would recommend doing, if you are not doing any automations and you're doing the same thing that I was in my first five years, um, automate some emails. You don't need to type all those things have some email templates automated. Uh, my, uh, Hey, little plug here. Uh, I'm putting together, uh, I've, I've already put it together. I'm going to launch it soon is, um, a, I believe it's 20 pages of my, um, my wedding inquiry process. All of my, all of my emails and why I say the things that I say and go, I go deep into all of those things, why each part is in there and why it's important. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you're interested in that, uh, shoot me a DM. I can, I can send you over a PDF or something. Um, I haven't figured out pricing and all that just yet. Uh, but it will be out there eventually. So probably not the best time to plug that. Um, but like, uh, yeah, automate some emails, um, not just the templates, but also automated emails. I have automated emails that go out at certain times in their planning process to send them blog articles that I've written that are helpful in that season of, uh, planning and, um, you know, wedding day questionnaires, all of those different things. Those go out at certain times. That's all automated. I don't have to send that. I don't have to click a button. It's just automatically when it gets to this point, my CRM is going to do it for me. Um, there are certain tasks that automatically move to the next. Whenever I check off one, it moves to the next thing. And that's helpful. Um, again, contracts and invoices, that's all automated. Now I send them one link, they approve it. It sends them to a contract. They sign it. It sends them to a little questionnaire. Uh, the questionnaire is first. doesn't matter the, the order, but, uh, it sends them to all these different things and it's all automated. And I'm not having to do all that. I set up one thing and I say, Hey, send them to this, this, and this, and then that's it. And, um, I set up automated reminders, um, automated emails for congratulatory six months of, uh, wedding. What is it? Marriage? What, what is it? What is this thing, uh, that we do? Um, but yeah, a lot of automations. Automations are going to save you time. They're going to save effort to where you're not so tired 
and you're not exhausted. You're not doing all the things, but you can use apps. You can use uh, software like a CRM, like I use Tave. Um, you can use apps for like posting on social media. You can plan out an entire month of social media posts with, uh, with Planoly and then just have it post for you. Or what I like to do is just have it send me, um, like a little, uh, notification on my phone and just say, Hey, now is a good time to post this. And it's in my drafts. And I just post it and then I can be there physically um, answering, not answering, uh, but replying to comments and going and um, interacting with stories and all the things that are important to do whenever you post. I can be there and do that instead of just having that post for me. So that's a little side note on um, social media schedulers. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, automations like guides and blogs, like I have a big wedding guide that I send that's a, a really great resource, but it's also helping to automate the answers to a lot of questions that they might have. Um, the same with those blog posts, those automated emails that send out these blogs and say, hey, do you know what to wear for an engagement session? here's this whole article that I wrote about different styles and different things and how you can, uh, schedule for, uh, you know, multiple outfits, all those things. Um, so automations are great. I'm going to do a recap of the top five. Uh, I wouldn't say these are top five. These are five. Um, number one was I wish that I had known that I was not my ideal client sooner. Number two, I wish that I had known to serve and not to sell to my clients. Number three, I wish I had outsourced sooner. Number four, I wish that I had been humble and had learned from others who had come before me. And number five, I wish I had set up automations earlier in my business than when I did. I hope these were helpful for you. Um, I, I hope that, <clears throat> I hope that if, if you were in any of those places that I was in my first five years, that, um, sorry, there's a distracting car with its headlights, just like beaming in, in my face right now. So it's distracting me a little bit. Um, and like I said, I get distracted and go down rabbit holes and stuff whenever I'm here talking to myself and just looking at myself in the mirror. Um, that's why I need people. That's why most of these episodes <laughs> recently are interviews with other people because I can stay on track and talk to them instead of going all over the place like I am currently. Um, yeah, I don't even remember what I was saying, but I hope this was helpful for you. I'm pretty sure that's what I was saying. I hope this was helpful for you. Um, I hope that maybe one, possibly even all five of these are ways that you could grow in your business, ways that you can see places um, to, to learn, to grow, to outsource, to do all the things 
um, to scale your business, to grow your business, to have that become what you've always wanted it to be, to live the life that you've always wanted. Um, before I go, there's a little part of the show that I like to do where I'm talking about what we're loving this week. What I'm loving this week is drum roll, please. As I pull up my list of things that I'm loving, um, is a movie. It is a movie. Ooh, I don't remember where I watched this. I believe it was on Hulu. I'm just going to say that look in the show notes. It'll actually have a link to where you can watch this. Might've been Netflix. Who knows? But um, pretty sure it was Hulu. It is called Mother Android, um, Mother slash Android. And um, it's a like post-apocalyptic thriller movie. Um, it it kind of like it starts off in uh, this dinner party uh, where now everyone has like these um artificial intelligent robot butlers in people that you just like, Hey, can you go get me a drink? And they're like, yes, sir, I will do that for you. And then they bring you a drink and it's cool. Um, I guess, I don't know. And, uh, everyone has all these AI robots around, you know, where this is going. They start short circuiting and stuff and they go, rogue uh and start killing people and it's like a big deal and that follows this couple um as they go into the woods to try and survive and it has a little bit of a quiet place um type vibe because they're they're also trying to be super quiet because uh they don't want these androids to be able to hear them um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting, interesting story, interesting way of, um, I don't know, just the, the storyline and where this couple was going, uh, was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it at the end of the movie. I was like, yeah, that was enjoyable. Uh, so I thought I would share it with you. It's called mother Android, mother dash Android. No mother slash Android. Pretty sure it's on Hulu. Um, but, you know, just type it into the search bar of whatever streaming platform you're watching stuff on. And if it's there, it'll pop up. Um, thanks for tuning in. Those of you who are live, those of you who are uh, watching replays. Um, thanks for thanks for being here. I really appreciate all of you who listen. Um, I am excited for a lot of the uh, interviews that I have coming up some people that I have been wanting to talk to for years and have been following them along, following along with them for a while. Um, and it's going to be fun to get to chat with them. Um, I, as always, we do these in the Facebook group. If you are not part of the Facebook group, you can go to Facebook and search for the light and dark photography podcast group. Um, or just go to uh, lightdarkco.com slash join FB. And then it's got links right there for you. Um, but yeah, Facebook, this has been fun. I will talk to you next time. As always, you can check out all the things in today's episode in the show notes at lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 105. This episode was recorded in our Facebook group, which I just told you how to get there. 
So I hope you were listening because I'm not going to tell you again. Uh, <laughs> it was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme song is by the talented John Isaac. All the ads in today's episode are affiliate partnerships. You get a great deal while supporting us and giving us a little kit. We get a little kickback from them whenever you use these things that we love. And when I say we, I mean me, um, because it is just me here tonight. Um, but I, I love these things. I, I don't do uh, affiliates for any um, any services that I do not enjoy myself. You can follow the show on Instagram at Light Dark Co. You can find me at All Heart Photo. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review if you like it. Um, I would love to read your review. Uh, love seeing the reviews um, lately. Uh, it's just uh, been so great. And I, I love hearing what you're getting out of this and how it is changing your business and really giving you the life that you've always wanted. And that is exactly what I want. So until next week, I'll see you in the Facebook group. Bye, guys. Cheers. Oh, oh that went down the wrong pipe. The last sip of tequila was not, <laughs> not so smooth. Oh, all right.